Thanks for coming back to Hang. This is Amy. And this is Z. You're listening to Curse Words and Crayons Presents True Crime. Today we're going to cover the death of Annie Bjoyson. I'm going to pronounce this wrong every single time. And Z and I always talk about this. I get really nervous when I have to pronounce these names. But her name is Annie Bjorsson. We understand it is very important, though, when we're honoring their memory to pronounce their names yes. correctly. So please don't think that it, this is us, like, no. taking it lightly. We practice. We write out pronunciation guides, and yet our brains still malfunction because, again, we understand the importance. And and I remember what it was. So here's the problem is I phonetically will spell out somebody's name, not because I'm a dummy, but because when it comes to me, like, reading these notes, I get really nervous. And Z, I think I can speak for her, is the same. So her yes. name is Annie Boyesan. I mean, that sounds right to me. A lot of the things that we've heard to have been uh, Swedish accents that pronounce right. it, which is just not helpful for our stupid American ears. It is. And she's actually, it's interesting because she is from Sweden, but she's half Hungarian and she lives in Scotland. So a lot of accents happening here, but there's also a lot of really intricate pieces to this case. So we really want to jump in because it's all of the millions of weirds get ready for me to interrupt z about 70 times because i have all of the questions as we're going through i like looked up the research and i'm still like but wait why was she here what's happening here what's going on we have a lot to discuss together today so z would you please go ahead and start us off yes annie died on the weekend of december 4th 2005. she was captured on cctv leaving prestwick international train station and soon after entering the main terminal at the airport itself however after spending less than five minutes in the building she left suddenly without ever checking in for the evening flights to sweden so my original question at this point in the episode was where is she going and why was she traveling but i've already answered that question i think we kind of sort of don't know uh she did have a hair appointment on monday morning mm -hmm. so this was friday saturday saturday this is saturday mm -hmm. And so she had a hair appointment on Monday morning in Sweden. So that could have been why she was traveling, but friends and family weren't really sure outside of that where she was going or why she was traveling. But regardless, a dog walker discovered the 31-year-old woman's body at about 8.30 a.m. on Sunday, which was the next morning. During the recovering of her body from the beach area where she was found, which was near the airport. They also recovered her wallet, her passport, some books belonging to a Swedish library, and these were all in a bag beside her body. A police investigation team quickly sealed off the area, but stated that there was no suspicious circumstances surrounding her death, which it, to in police talk, or especially in, in this case in particular, those words basically mean that it was either by suicide or some, they, they basically meant it, it was by suicide. So that's why they say no suspicious circumstances surrounding her death. It was super quickly concluded. That seems really interesting to me because suspicious circumstances could mean so many different things, like being murdered, I think is a suspicious circumstance. 
but they didn't think that she, they still don't believe that she was. They've never reopened the case. This is marked down as an accidental death or a suicide, like an, like an yeah. accidental death on the result of whatever. But in the toxicology reports, there's no system either. So they definitely, in my opinion, meant this was a suicide of some sort. Interesting. But there were also several oddities that came out shortly afterwards. So she was not 31 years old, but she was 30 years old. And the police told everybody that she was 31 years old, which was super weird. They also said that she was found near a certain road, but she wasn't found near that road. She was found during a, or found on another road, which was conveniently close by, but it's, they so they stated her wrong age and the wrong location on where she was found. The location I think is weird. Like you would know where you found her body. Like why would that be one thing or also, the other? Also, they should know her fucking age. But the age thing, like it wasn't like she's eighteen and really she's yes. thirty. Like it was one exactly. year. So that feels weird that that it was pointed out as like this discrepancy. Like if somebody thought I was only 35, I'd be like, sure. Like, that's great. But, um, I just find that interesting that that, and it could be, I feel like there are sometimes with American cases, because this is not an American case where that sort of thing might be like, whatever, who cares? There were certain things about this case that were very, and we'll talk about, I mean, we're going to get into it later, but that I, that I found were weird things that you're focusing on. So like to focus on she was 30 and not 31. Oh, okay. Like, yes, that's, we want to have all of the right facts, but it isn't like she was upset though. If my daughter was found and Mm. something happened to her and they were like, she was five years old. And I'm like, no motherfuckers. She was four years old. Please remember this angel baby child. And exactly. Okay. It just feels, it feels disrespectful to her memory sure. to get something so, so easy as her age incorrect and to spread it out to the mass publics. It just, again, it just feels disrespectful, not necessarily sinister, just, sure. just slightly disrespectful. As her mother, I would have probably. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's my personal opinion on the matter, but it is something that people focus on and hyper-focus on as one of the reasons why they're like, hmm, weird. They weren't paying attention to the details because there are other details that were like, okay, you should have noticed this and they aren't later, which seem like bigger discrepancies to me. But if she was my sweet baby angel and she was only 30 and you're like, she's 31, well, that's a year of her life that you're, that she was robbed of, like, and you're not saying that. So, okay. All right. I can, I can be on that side. All right. Also, the rush to call it a suicide without any forensic evidence to support that at first became one of the biggest questions that surrounded Annie's death, and it's still unanswered. But they have, the authorities have consistently refused to reopen this case. They did do an autopsy, and in the autopsy report, which was signed by two doctors, they noted that the body was heavily contaminated by sand and seaweed, that the lungs were congested, that the air passages contained a frothy material, which to, which leads them to believe that it was death by drowning. So she drowned to death. And this could have been part of like the research just because this case is still kind of like it's closed. But to me, I 
think it's unsolved. Like, I don't think they know exactly Correct. what happened, but it feels weird that they explain it as frothy material. Like, had they never seen somebody that had drowned before. So well, it, it is just... frothy because of the salt and the stuffs in your, it, that's, I mean, they just were describing what it looked like. Right. But I looked it up in a couple different places and it was like, they sub, they described a frothy substance or a frothy material. Well, if you were drown, if you drown in salt water, like it seems like that would be what, like, so so to explain it, like it was kind of weird, but that's what it meant. That's what it means when you drown. I don't know. I got real suspicious after reading some of these things where I'm like, wait a minute. That, so I feel like a jealous girlfriend, like reading through like text messages and Facebook <laughs> statuses, because I'm like, that's weird. A frothy material. What does that mean? I do think that there was like heavy attention on some weird circumstances and like. Eh, whatever 30 31 who care you know like there's just frothy material it was something in her lungs she probably drowned i got a lot of suspicion got a lot of suspicion again back to the autopsy report no significance was attached to some other things that they they did find okay so there were unexplained depressions on the skin small areas of bruising on the right temple scratches and abrasions on the left arm and two patterned roughly square areas on her right arm. But because there was no actual penetration of her skin, the police were satisfied that these were minor injuries that had caused that had been caused by contact with rough objects in the water, which that I mean, makes sense. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. However, when the body was flown home to the family, you know, for funeral arrangements, they were shocked to discover more extensive bruising, which had not been recorded in the post-mortem report nine days earlier. They were assured that the bruising could occur between eight and 10 days after death, which I guess kind of sort of makes sense, especially depending on how the body was laid during the autopsy and other things post-death. But the undertakers that were responsible for preparing Annie for her funeral were surprised by what they found Because, again, that was just the family that reported it back to the police. They were like, but there's more bruising than what we thought. And the police were like, nah, don't worry about it. But the undertakers, this is their profession, right? They discovered big bruises on her right arm inside about the size of a palm, as well Mm -hmm. as bruising behind her right ear. They insisted that these bruises, which were not included on the autopsy report, were not the result of post-mortem activity. Mm-mm. So there was a big discrepancy between the undertaker's observation and the autopsy report, which disturbed the family, and rightfully so. So they're hearing one thing from the police about her death, like, oh, no, it was a drowning. The, you know, yeah, she was roughed up a little bit, sadly. Um, but that's because, you know, she was found near a beach. She drowned. And so, you know, she hit some rocks, whatever. But the undertakers were like, yeah, no, this didn't happen post-death. This is not, this happened before she died. And obviously, I mean, both the autopsy technicians and doctors who signed off and the undertakers these are these are their professional opinions right so it's it's just very conflicting I think what's really hard with discrepancies because we've talked about doctors before right and like how we feel about them and you go to one doctor and he says one thing and you go to another doctor and they are looking at the exact same thing and they say something different 
I can imagine the same is for like dead people doctors. What autopsy, coroners, those types of things. Like any observation that you make is uh, is an extension of your clouded, opinion. Right, clouded by opinion. It just has to be, I guess, unless you like live in a box. But even still, you're going to have a difference of opinion. To me, what I would have a hard time as a parent is... Okay, she had some, you know, you're reading over the report, you're trying to figure it out. Oh, she's got some bruising here and some bruising there. And then you actually see her body and you're like, holy crap, what are these bruises? This is way more. And they're like, don't worry about it. It could have been during transport. But then other people are like, nah, fam, it couldn't have been during, like that couldn't have been the case. So I always feel really sad for the families, but I just feel like. That must be so conflicting for them. And just yeah. upsetting in general. At that point, you're like, I care how she died and everything, but you telling me all these bad things is not any help. I know. And I can imagine just like hanging on to like, they didn't say that bruise was there before and now it is there. And like what happened and where did it come from? Because you don't have any knowledge. And so you're just trying to figure out what happened. And do you do you more so hope for suicide or do you hope that they got murdered? Either I mean, way, what's the worse result- or better? Right. Yeah. Like, either way, at the end, yeah, the result is she's dead. It's so hard because I feel like if it was me, I want to know. I want to know all of the things. I want to know everything. And you can't, you can't know everything. And that's hard. In connection to all of this weirdy, weird, weird, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that happened prior. So there were two attempts by Annie to withdraw money from a cash machine in Glasgow Central Station on Saturday, the 3rd, 2005. So this was the day she was found on Sunday. I don't know much about like the translation between pounds and dollars. I know that's not enough for a plane flight. Right. Pounds are more. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. So one pound is one point. Yeah, one and a quarter. So $150 is not is, much. But no. one pound is 12.2 Swedish kronas. And that's where she was headed. So maybe it was enough. But, it, but still, if she's buying a plane ticket in in Scotland, it's still going to cost whatever pounds are costing. Like, it's. I would imagine that 100 pounds is not oh, enough. Oh, yeah. When we fly to Mexico, it's not any cheaper It's still America, even though the dollar's more than the peso. Right. So wherever she's buying the plane ticket, that's not going to be enough money. So that's kind of like red flag, another red flag. Why are you getting out? It's to me like $100, even if it was like $100, $150, that doesn't seem like a lot of money. I don't know. What are you getting out that money for? And then you try for 100 and you don't have 100. And so then you try for 50. It's odd. Both attempts failed because there was not enough money in her account. For a while, it seemed like she had been in two places at one time, which we all know is not possible. One of them was at 3.15 p.m. when she was supposedly in Central Station. She was also captured on CCTV 32 miles away. The police were able to clear up the confusion. The credit card company had recorded a transaction in Swedish time, which is an hour ahead. So maybe it was a time difference thing. I know Z is in central time. I am in Eastern time and we are constantly like, okay, your time or my time? Like what time are we meeting? So like that can be confusing. Why would you go? I don't know. Like, why would you go somewhere, travel 32 miles away and then try again? That still seems odd. 
no matter if it's an hour or not, I guess it would depend on the direction she's headed. Could but be. Maybe she was running behind. So she tried for the $100 and she's like, this ATM's busted. So I'm going to try for $50 closer to my destination. But now let's add in the other CCTV footage that was captured of Annie on that day. So one of her was, so the first one was her in the terminal. And it has her entering through the main entrance of the train station and of the airport, like from mm -hmm. the train station to the airport. And in this first image slash video footage that we see, Annie is wearing a dark jacket, which had been found near her body on the beach. And she was wearing a red and white fleece, pants, tennis shoes. Her hair is tied in a ponytail. She has a bag over her, her shoulder. And the second which is around 3.15, she was outside the terminal building walking towards the parking lot. Annie, having entered from the walkway, used the escalator, which takes passengers down into the concourse and continued the full length of the concourse to the exit at the far end where she left through the automatic doors into the parking lot, which is just like, that's a bunch of mumbo jumbo, but basically... First, it shows her entering, and then the second footage, they show her leaving, right? If you're going to an airport or you're in a concourse of some kind, why are you walking from one end to the other? Like, what's, where is your destination? She didn't have a plane ticket. She was supposed to go home, but she's at an airport. If you're at an airport, you're trying to fly somewhere, usually, or you're meeting someone. So that seems really, I mean, all of this is odd, but to me, even the timing of the research, especially knowing that the CCTV or the timestamp for the ATMs was like discrepancy. And I know it's not a different time zone, but that was the discrepancy. The fact that they spent like researchers were like, okay, walk and then run and then do this. Like, it just seems like a weird thing to focus on. Like, how did she get like, I don't know. What if she got picked up by one of those little like golf carts that go through the airport? I don't know. Like there could have been lots of reasons. I guess so. I think that the, there was so much focus because they were just trying to put together a timeline and sure. there is no real timeline. They can't really piece one together. And then we come to the question, like, why was she even there? Why was she at mm -hmm. the airport? There was a flight later that evening to Sweden at 630 and another the following morning. Her family assumes that she was intending to fly home. Right. The records show that she had an apartment in Sweden excuse me, the records show that she had an appointment in Sweden with her hairdresser on Monday, and yet she had no pre-booked flights or no pre-booked tickets for either of those flights that would be leaving to get her to her appointment on time. She might have been able to buy a standby ticket at the airport, even though her bank account rejected her request for cash. She was one of those people that habitually kept money on them, which is how you know it was 2005, right? But again, according to the CCTV timings, it would have been impossible for her to have actually asked anybody a question at all because she wasn't inside the airport for long enough. Yeah, she went in one door and went directly out the other door. So again, why? Why are you going to take all your time to get to an airport, take several like means of transportation just to meander through? That's weird. Right. An airport that you like. You're not really not familiar like, with. Right. But it's also not like she lived 
in Scotland, you're not just gonna like go there for, I don't, like clearly there, there's a flight that travels out to go to where her hometown is, like that would make the most sense unless she was meeting somebody at the airport. Like somebody said, meet me at this airport with money. Like, I don't know. I feel like, is there a nefarious thing happening? Like I just, but no timeline was ever established for her last day which is so hard because there were, it seems like during the autopsy, there was so much that was kind of brushed over. I know just, I mean, purely from doing this kind of like research things, they could probably have told, um, they could have probably told, like been able to tell like how long the water had been in her lungs or when and so it doesn't seem like they maybe investigated that or maybe they weren't able to tell because she wasn't found until the next morning like i don't know it seems strange but they were never able to establish like a full-on timeline in the absence of any cctv until she arrived at the airport it is far from certain how she even got to presswick so like obviously she got off the train but how did she get to the train and like where did she get on the train like there we just don't know she lived in Linton Court Apartments, which is not far from the Haymarket Rail Station in Edinburgh. So she lived close to a rail station, but that could have been where she got on it. We don't know. She had her own room, but shared a kitchen with a number of other tenants. One of the staff, a woman by the name of Jane, remembered seeing Annie in Linton Court around 1.15 on Saturday an hour later, Annie was somehow at a cash machine in Glasgow Central. These timings are not credible. They're having a really hard time getting the time frame right. And because of this information, they leave and that leaves Annie really too little time to travel the two miles from Lytton Court to Haymarket Station by train from Haymarket to Glasgow Queen Street and walk across the street walk across the city center to the central station so based on the time frame that the that the staff member jane gave them and all of the kind of transfers she would need to take there's no way that she would have made it there on time so a car ride between the two cities on a busy saturday three weeks before christmas so that's something else that we are up against is traffic is going to be way different it's christmas time there's just a ton of stuff so there's no way to really like tell like what is kind of happening um jane had to have been mistaken in her recollection so maybe she just thought she saw her maybe she was trying to recall things and just wasn't able to wasn't able to recall it what seems like a more logistical timetable is that annie caught a train at 104 for the Hay from haymarket which was the the train station near her which arrives in queen street around 150 she could then walk to central and arrive at the cash machine at 215. she would then board another train i feel like this is like an sat math question no it's like yeah it's totally um if the train leaves the station yes. uh going 150 miles per hour would it be train c going blah 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 from blah 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 right. no exactly that when i was doing this research it took me forever to get through like this one last little tidbit that we're going over which is what should be the most credible timeline because it's just a big what the fuck right but it's probably the most reliable timeline because it's train times so they come at a very specific time because people need them to travel by so 
she would catch a train at 104, which would take her to Queen Street around 150. She could then walk to Central and arrive at the cash machine at 215, which is the time that they were able to establish even with the Swedish time difference. So you've got that. She would then board a train 15 minutes later at 2.30, which could take her to Presswick International Airport around 3.15, where she walks through the overhead walkway to the terminal building. There is one flaw in this scenario. There is no CCTV to show that Annie was among the passengers on the train at 2.30. But I don't know, a sea of people around Christmas time. Can you really catch her? We don't really know. Um, did they even look, though? Because I don't think they even really scanned the CCTV is what I thought I had read. I don't know. I don't know because it sounds like there was no CCTV to show that she was among the the passengers. So was there no CCTV at all? Or was it just that they didn't look at it or they couldn't find her? But at any rate, they would have been packed with Christmas shoppers on their way like to and from. So like train stations are going to be so crowded. It would appear that the police failed to scan the CCTV records. So there's your, there's what you read. The only one which fitted the most plausible chronological like order of her movements. So this. Yeah, this is the only train basically that she could have taken to get there on time. Right. And because we don't have evidence like video evidence, I guess it's probably gone now. Like, why would they keep that? Um there's no way to like say for sure, but like this makes the most sense as far as like timelines go. So basically we have no idea of a timeline, even if we try to piece it together. So even if we try to run and do all the things, there's really no timeline. To make it more confusing, no one knows why she visited the short stay parking lot at the Presswick airport. Annie's family say that they initially were informed by the police that she may have gone out to withdraw money from a cash machine, but there aren't cash machines in the parking lot. There's only um, ticket machines. So like to buy a ticket for to park your car or whatever. Also, she didn't even have 50 euros to withdraw for her flight. So why would she go to a cash machine? To me, in my brain, I'm like, okay, well, who goes frantically to a million different cash machines? Somebody that's being like, forced to take out money. Annie mm. had left the terminal building for no motive other than to like take a breather, to go outside for a little bit. One of the images I show I saw of her walking like from I guess CCTV, it looked like she was potentially smoking. So maybe she went outside to have a cigarette, like I don't know, but for some reason she went out to she exited the terminal building. Then why even go in, though, if you're only going to take a minute and a half, then just smoke your cigarette outside before you enter the airport or get your ticket. And then I can understand why then you would go back outside if there was a particularly long layover. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm going to get me an adult beverage. I am going right, to right. smoke a cigarette outside or just whatever. But yeah, if if you're only in there for a minute and 55 seconds total, I don't know, having that be the reason that she exited the building is doesn't I don't add know up. if it would be the reason, but like also why would you walk from one end of the concourse to the other and just walk out the door? Like that doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, I don't know. There. So her family seems to think that like their kind of lasting theory is that she had arranged a meeting in the parking lot with someone. So somebody said, meet me in the short stay parking lot. And I don't know, we're going to 
meet up or whatever. Um, somebody who maybe had just gotten off the plane was about to board another one. So maybe there was somebody who came off the flight. She was meeting them, supposed to meet them quickly. Hurry, get down to this end and, and I'll meet you there. Um, or maybe it was somebody who lived there locally. So many different like scenarios as far as like people she could meet. But I mean, when you're at an airport, you're either traveling or you're picking somebody up. Like there really is no other reason to be in an airport that at least I can can think of. So did she did somebody was she supposed to meet somebody and they failed to show up? Was somebody with her like did she have like a really brief encounter with somebody? They interviewed a friend of hers and in one of the CCTV images at around 319, it shows Annie kind of looking angry or like upset, re-emerging from the parking lot using a different entrance nearest to the escalator. So the friend said immediately, like by seeing the footage, she looks like she's annoyed or angry. So, you know, like you have friends, I'm sure that you look at and you're like, okay, I know that look that she's pissed about something, like she's not happy. So she, at something in this whole mix frustrated her. Now it sounds like she's been to the ATM a couple of times. Like, could it be that she didn't have any money? And so she was upset. And so she felt irritated. Was she supposed to meet somebody and they didn't show up? And so like that made her, ir there's so many, I mean, I get irritated at a million things every single day. So <laughs> it could have been like yes. literally anything, but in the final CCTV images of this, this sequence, she is seen back in the walkway on her way out of the airport. So she's not bought a ticket. She's been in and now she's on her way out. After a two hour and 15 minute journey from Edinburgh, she had been in the Prest she had been in the Prestwick airport for all of four minutes and 41 seconds. What she did next, according to the police's version of the events, was still even weirder than all of this other stuff. She started walking a mile towards Prestwick, a town with which she was not familiar, on a pavement, so like on the sidewalk, by a dual carriageway, which I think is like a two-way street. As it got dark during winter, so like it's getting dark, it's winter time. You, she doesn't recognize the place. She's near like kind of a busy road, sort of weird. And along the way, she got into some trouble and she ended up dead. So it could have been that none of this, according to like where she was and what she was doing, had anything to do with anything. She really was supposed to be there for a reason to meet somebody and like she died on the way home. I. There's what, so many what woman, things. what woman is going to, or small framed human in general, is going to be walking alone in winter on the sidewalk near a highway or, you know, a two-way street or a, a busier road towards a town for little to no reason when I she mean, could have caught a train. Or I mean, I but she didn't have any money. So like, it seems like she, she was typically known to have cash on her though. I did see that. So why did she, but why didn't she have money? Amy, if I can't afford to leave my house, guess what? I'm not going to leave my house. Right. But it seems to me like she's like a traveler. Like she lives in like a shared apartment. She's, I mean, young, she's like, you know, she's 30. So it's not like she, you know, she's single. She doesn't have any kids. So I feel like if I lived in a different city 
and I was like an independent lady, I might travel. I might walk and go with do no stuff by money myself. And no room on no room on your debit card, no credit card, no no calls to people to tell them where you're going. She seemed close to her friends and family because they were able to say, "Oh, that's Annie's mad face." Oh, that's right. I don't know why she was traveling. Oh, I mean, I don't call my parents every single day or anything like that. But I mean, I do tell them when I'm leaving town. Most no, I, I always I almost always tell them when I'm leaving town unless I'm driving to like so I don't live in Houston. I live outside of Houston. So obviously I wouldn't tell them if I was just going to Houston because that's like not a big trip. But if I was taking a flight from even Houston to Dallas. I would more than likely mention it to my parents, to my friends would know why. You would probably know why. Right. I'd be like, Amy, so sorry, can't record the podcast the next two days because, yeah. I mean, possibly, but it sounded like she was close to friends and family in Sweden, but it didn't, like, she had other tenants it just said like other tenants that she lived with so maybe she wasn't close with the people that she lived with and so she wouldn't have thought to tell them no not them but her family right but But. maybe she was supposed to have money and she was embarrassed because she's not good at I mean like there are so many reasons I I, it is odd I agree I think it's very strange why didn't she tell anybody or just don't go if you don't have money you can't go that's the way that the world works I'm sorry like if you if you don't have 25 cents and it costs 25 cents to get on the subway you are not going to be able to get on the subway no amount of you traveling to and from or the reasons why is going to get you on said transportation if you do not have the cash that's what I'm just finding like really hard to wrap my brain around because she wasn't 12 she wasn't 18. She was 30. She was living on her own. And so for me, I am 33. So we're very similar in age. I would never, even even at 27, I can't imagine, or if I didn't have the money to get somewhere, I would 100% be calling my parents and being like, guys, I'm so sorry. I, I really messed up this time, but I need to at least get home. Like, can you pay for my Uber or my taxi or I don't, it something. Yes. But as a person, so I wasn't 30 in college, but like when I moved away and went to college, I had a very hard time managing money. I was not a good money manager. I was constantly calling my parents like, shit I don't have any money like I need you to send me some money like it's I just was I and I always worked but I just I don't know I was a poor money manager I made bad decisions with money like not like crazy but just I always was like short on cash so I feel like what if just as part of the theory what if she didn't know she didn't have any money like what if she had cash but she was like a hundred pounds short of what she needed and then she went or she was even 25 pounds I don't know like how much money like if there's like a withdrawal limit or whatever and she's like shit I don't even have that okay now I'm gonna try it again I don't even have that and then like what if she freaked out or she was feeling sad and like took off and left there are so many ways to speculate wildly on what could have happened especially because they don't have any suspects and another thing I find weird 
and I know we're going to talk about our thoughts, but this was 2005. She had a cell phone. Yeah, she had a she, cell that's, phone. that's what I'm saying. Why didn't she call anybody? At least like if I'm walking home at the dark in the dark, I am calling. So and I don't like talking on the phone. Oh, I don't either. But but I I'm going to be on the phone with somebody because I'm scared. Yeah, especially in the winter. It's like cold and stuff. It's cold and you're and you're mad. I feel like the cold makes. And then she decided to drown herself when it was cold outside. Is that a common occurrence? I mean, I feel like it would be easier because you would like. Uh, yeah, like the breath would go out of your lungs too when you hit the water. Like sink in, but. I guess. So long short, long story short, without a real timeline with with the discrepancies between the autopsy and the undertakers, like what even happened? We don't know. Why was she even at the airport? We don't know. What happened to Annie? We don't know. But Amy, what's your personal theory? I'm very stumped by this case, as you can tell, because I feel like I'm like, and another thing, and then this could have happened. Like, there's so (laughs) many things that could have happened. On one hand, it seems surprising that they were, like, timing her walks and how far and not so much looking into, like, the bruising or any suspects. Like, they said they didn't have any suspects, but, like, how hard did they look? Did they look into any of these things? The bruising is really weird to me. The timeline makes a little bit more sense when you say, like, well, they want to try and figure out, like, what time she's been places. But I feel like the timing of, because isn't that a thing? Like when you're, when you are, it's like post-mortem, like you can tell, like depending on the color of the bruising, like how long somebody was in the water or this, that, and the other, but they didn't even know the right street she was on. It's just a lot of, of unknown things, but there could have been people, different things that she was like entangled with. This was 2005, which was almost 17 years ago because I calculated that before because math. Um, So well within the time when things were traceable, like by the interwebs. So we could be tracing people's whereabouts, but for some reason, it seems like there's, they're like unable to get a stable timeline, which I find to be really strange. It sounds to me like she went to meet someone. Maybe she owed them money. Maybe they were asking for money. Maybe she was getting catfished by somebody and things turned south. Maybe she was supposed to meet this person. She left the airport trying to get away from them and they followed her and something bad happened. There was a discovery in this case where she met a man who was impersonating a rugby player by the name of Martin Leslie, who wasn't in fact Martin Leslie because they did try and find Martin Leslie. And when they found the real Martin Leslie, they're like, that's not the same person. It's not it. So. I lean towards maybe like a catfish situation or she had gotten kind of like tangled up in something, but she didn't seem like a nefarious person. So it doesn't make sense, but that's the only theory I can think of. I could go with Z's usual theory, which is alien abduction, but we have her body. So I guess maybe not, maybe they brought her back, but no, I, I think it was like a catfish something. She got tangled with somebody and it didn't go well. That's what I think. But what do you think? I don't know. I just don't think she actually drowned herself. I don't, I definitely don't think that was it. I'm with you. 
Because the family wasn't like, oh, yeah, she'd been depressed for a while. Not that you always know if somebody right. is struggling with mental illness because mental illness is often very silent. And like something, the, the most happy people that you have in your lives a lot of times are struggling with things that are deep and dark that you'll sure. never know about, which is why mm-hmm. you should always check in on even your happy friends. But yeah, there's just so much conflict conflicting evidence with what the police reported to have happened than what could have logically went down. It just gives me more of the heebie-jeebies around police in general, which I don't have a very positive, uh, I don't have positive thoughts towards authority in general, but especially not the police. I just feel like they cover up a bunch of things. It's really like- hard, and I hate that, because I feel like our next couple of cases is a lot of, like, police distrust, and that sucks to me. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just, I'm very sad for her family to have gone from thinking, like, oh, this was totally suicide to maybe it wasn't suicide, and I just really don't like that they wrote off the fact that nothing could have happened so quickly before they even had forensic evidence, they stated, Oh, well it was definitely a drowning, which I totally, I do understand how you would just like, if somebody shot themselves in the head, you'd be like, God, oh, this is pretty much obviously a suicide. Right? So it's not that I don't get why they would quickly jump to that conclusion. If that's what it looked like. Just the fact that the undertakers felt very differently about it, it makes me really sad for her family. At the end of the day, unfortunately, the result is that this young woman is dead, regardless of how, why, but still, why does matter? I think the why matters so much, and, like, the more we cover cases like miss like unsolved cases i i never want to know like brutal awful things that happen to people but when it's like you can definitively say like this person killed this person or this is what happened or she killed herself because even when you look at like the eliza lamb case and mm-hmm. the brian schaefer case did they go missing did eliza lamb really fall in and was it like an accident or did she kill herself or was she pushed or did something happen like nobody will ever know the answer to that at least at this point, because they don't have the evidence or they aren't able to piece anything else together. And then you have like the Brian Schaefer case, which I know at some point you had mentioned, like, this reminds me a little bit of that case. And I think yes. it's CCTV cov- coverage because there's Maybe. so much of that in that case, too. Probably. But like, he's missing and nobody, it's been years, I think like around the same time frame, like 2005-ish. Um, but he's still... We don't know what happened. He could be dead. He could be alive. We have no idea. And that's, and then I just think about the families and how you just go every day, like not knowing what happened. And to me, I don't know like how well I would do with that. I just don't think I would do very well. I just can't believe this case isn't talked about more because it, it does feel pretty sensational. Yeah. And it doesn't, I think. Doesn't feel closed. Yes. Yes. Agreed. But I did notice that it is very much like still being like looked into and researched and like it's starting to dredge up. So, you know, I think with the introduction of like TikTok and like the ability to for more podcasts to be like kind of widely, it does allow for some of these 
cases to be kind of, you know, what are they called? Like armchair sleuths, like looking into cases like this. And while that's not my jam, I just want to like, I want to research other people's, like, I'm not going to be piecing all the things together. Like that's just, you know, I, that's I not rather, my forte. Like, right. Read about them and, and talk to you guys about them. But I hope that they're able to to find something else. There was a case recently that was solved because it was like brought up on a podcast. I did see that and I didn't write it down. But I, I know we should have because we should cover that because I'm good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's sad. I feel for her family. I hope that someday, I hope even if they don't ever find answers that they're able to find some sort of peace with this because I can't imagine the non-closure of like, I don't know what happened. There's there's enough sadness in this world that I don't know that we need uncertainty as well. Man, what a bummer. I agree. Do you have any final questions or or thoughts you, you want to let out before we sign off on this one? I feel like I have a million questions, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about them today. No, I yeah, I think this thanks for finding this case. I had not heard about it before, so it was, I always like to find, not like, but I always find it interesting when it's like one we haven't heard about. So that's very Agreed. exciting. Our next okay. case is going to be similar in like, it's not a very well talked about case or a well covered case. So I'm excited for that. But I think I'm lying. I think our next case is actually a parenting episode. But our next true crime case will be um, Lauren, what is her name? Lauren Fields Smith. Lauren Fields Smith. Uh, and it's a more recent one. It's just from last year, like not even a year ago. So super recent from September. No, uh, December Christmas time. It was like Ooh. right around um, like the 12th, I think of December. So Lauren Fields Smith will be our next true crime case. We will be doing another parenting case here um, shortly as well. Parenting chat, not a case. We parenting, won't be talking about parenting cases. It's a case. That's sad, and I don't like it. I don't oh, like no. talking about dead kids. To, I mean, oh, no, we will not be home. talking about that. We will yeah, not. That's why we'll that. never cover the Chris Watts case. Just we, we do. Have- we really do get that from time to time where people dabbled request. in like, I feel like it comes up every time we're like, what cases do you want us to cover? Everybody Somebody says that, that and we're like, eh, nope, never happening. <laughs> not doing it. Will not. Will not. I would be rocking myself to sleep at night. Oh God, I can't. Speaking of that case, not so much the case, but his house just went up for sale. Oh, I saw that. And right I, mind. Post- I posted about that and people were like, um, did we say Lauren Field Smith? Because it's Lauren Smith Field. So excuse me if we said that Lauren incorrectly Smith earlier. Field. I think we did, but yes, names are important and you names guys are super important. And we try I'm so best. sorry for that. I just popped into my head and I was like, I said that incorrectly and I want to apologize. But no, I posted about the Chris Watts house on my Twitter and people were like, ah, I just sage it and it'd be just fine. No. No. They're like, oh, that's a beautiful house. My husband was even like, it's a gorgeous house. And I'm like, no. Not I don't, for all the, the money in the world. The in that house, like, I I, I just got bad vibes from looking at the listing. I didn't even go through all the photos. I was just like, it's a no for me. Oh, and can you, like, I can't, I just don't know that I would be able to get that out. Like, what, I just, no. I can't, I can't. I don't do well with 
injured children. It's it's not good. And that song that they sang him, my daddy is my superhero, and then he killed them. I can't. We're not talking about this case, Z. I'm sorry. Right now. This is why we won't talk about it. Right. It's terrible. It's terrible, and it makes me sad, and I feel like I want justice. There's no justice for those kids. Like, they're dead forever, and, like, that's not going to happen, but... I do appreciate that there are some better than us podcasters who can cover that case because it is not going to be me. So no, thank you. Um, So we aren't covering that case, but when we do parenting chats, they're usually funny and uplifting and sometimes embarrassing and show (laughs) how dumb we are, which is good because you are also probably a dumb parent and we love you. So we want you to be around. We want you are to be with us. Smart parents. And if you are, get out of here. You're wrong and you're on your high horse. And obviously you haven't looked at yourself with a close enough microscope. We're all just out here doing things incorrectly as best as we possibly can to just try to get it right. But taking it till just, we make it, man. Yeah. There are a lot of really smart parents and they don't have children. So it's uh, I was really, a really smart parent like that. Me too. too. Like the best. Yeah. Like seriously, I could have written so many books. I was so smart. Yes. And now I laugh at that person because I'm like, you are a real idiot because your kids. Do, yeah. I still do have some of the same principles, but uh, I just understand that I'm not going to be able to put into place all those those right. things and yeah great in theory but children are not theories and they are thinking breathing little they yes. have their own minds of their own so like before we were recording today my husband was supposed to go he didn't end up going but he was supposed to go out with some people and I was like well we got to record it by this time because Chris has to go out and my kids have been home this is their first day of summer they've been home all day and I just knew that and I know this enough about my kids they were going to be flaming assholes and that's <laughs> how I explained it and I mean that with the most the utmost love and endearing my children are the best but they you just learn. And like, as much as I want to say, stay here and just be a cute kid, like that's not going to happen. They need things. And when I'm, when mama's recording, I can't do those things for you, but come back, listen to us again. Thanks for this ramp. Thanks for listening to this ramble at the end of this episode. Usually that yes. happens at the beginning, but surprise, <laughs> it came at the end. Uh, you know where to find us, all of the things, Instagram, please um, send us your thoughts on this case, especially if this is one that you are familiar with. I would love, love, love to hear what your thoughts are because I feel like there's so many different theories that could be out there. I bet there are like Reddit rabbit holes like crazy for this case. And I might, I might try to go down one after this. We'll just have to see. Shoot us an email, join our Discord group, give us money on Patreon, do all the things. Just come and be our friend. Come and hang out with us. We don't care. Come hang out with us in Discord because it's super fun. If you're not in our Discord group, email us or send us a DM and we'll get you in. It's a fun little community. It's cute. Everybody in there is adorable. And if you're cute and adorable too, come and be with us. So until next time, goodbye. Bye.